I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mangston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts, your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I 
am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mingston's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. What's popping? What's dropping? Yo. So, a couple things. Going to be working on that I'm going to be working on. I said it earlier. One of them, um, going back to old episodes and trying to revamp them so that I can bring them back out because I do see that new episodes get... Um, you know, ticks. The older episodes are kind of just out there. Uh, they may get listened to for like 25 seconds or something. But new episodes, sometimes I notice people will listen for a little bit longer. 20, 30 minutes, something like that. So, um, going to be working on that. Also, um, studying different option strategies. But, scaling up. I heard... Steve Harvey talked about, first I heard her interview with, um, it was two guys. Oh, let me see real quick. Let me find it. All right. All right. So <clears throat> I was looking at an interview with Robert Smith. Um, uh, call it the civil rights movement, uh, in action. So, you know, there were, there were, you know, we spilled a lot of blood and the, a lot of our blood was spilled in the streets. And one of the things we got out of it was Brown versus board of education. And now it's like, okay, oh, Topeka, okay, Kansas. Okay, now we're going to desegregate schools. How are you going to do that when everybody lives in segregated neighborhoods? So it was in Denver and many other places. It was a thing called busing, right? We call it forced busing, but it was busing. And so now, you know, the cities took years. They, you know, bought a bunch of buses. Yeah. So, so figuring out, okay, who from this community who goes to this listen school to the there. Robert White interview, and then. Um, not all of it. I probably got like, I'm going to finish it. I got probably like 20 minutes. Let me see. Let me look. That was a. Let me see. So you think you. Oh, come on. Just. No wigs. So I got 15 minutes in. It was like 15 minutes, 15 seconds or something like that. 15 minutes, 23 seconds. All right. I'm going to finish it. It's earn, It's on earn your leisure. Um, so, uh, then I heard Steve Harvey, let me see, let me find this. Steve Harvey mentioned, uh, Robert Smith on, uh, was it with, uh, Shannon Sharp, Steve Harvey, let me find it. And he said that he got, um, let me see if it's right here. Is 30 minutes. No one 
gets more than 30 minutes. I went to Robert, I went to Robert Smith's house and tell you his quick story, the billionaire. And the story is you got 30 minutes. No one gets more than 30 minutes of his time, period. I was told that. I done got a jet on a flew to Austin to his house. Cool, for 30 minutes, man. Then the lady explained to me at 30 minutes when I walk up, if he does that, that means give him five more minutes. At 30 minutes, that lady walked right in that room and he did like that. I said, well, I got five more minutes. And I sat there and we talked. She came back in, he did like that. She walked away. She came back again, he did like that. She didn't come back no more. I was at Robert Smith's house for seven hours. Wow. The biggest thing Robert Smith taught me was to scale up. Everything you say in Steve, scale it. You want to bring 300 boys to your ranch? How do you bring 3,000? I went to Robert Smith's house and to tell you this quick story. It just clicked to me what scaling up does. It just clicked to me. I'm sitting here chilling, blah, 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 blah. Trading days over. You know, walking around and it hit me. It said, scale up. I said, okay. And it's like, I just talked about how to make, not how to make, but that I was considering trying to make a half a million dollars in a month, not waiting a whole year, a half a million dollars in a month. And what are we going to do? And I had people actually coming out of nowhere. This is how I know God's in my life. Coming out of nowhere and started just talking about millions. I had probably like two or three people reach out discussing how to make millions. Somebody reached out and said, we're going to sell uh, annuities. I said, okay, okay, cool. Cool. I'll take a look into that. Um, I don't know. The conversations were coming up. So it was like, so you want to be a financial advisor. You want to make millions, right? You want to make I mean, right about now, I could take anything, you know, but you want to make millions. Somebody's like, oh, we could sell annuities, you know, that'll help us make millions, you know. So it's more so the saying, if you shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon. When you scale up, I'm starting to realize what that means. Like when you scale up and you, you put yourself past 13 million so I scale that up. How are we going to do that? If when you scale up, the ideas under there, it's, it's more, it's possible to achieve. You know, you say, okay, for example, me, I'm going to open up my own, instead of having, you know, a few clients that can pay me, that I can take money from and open up life insurance policies and annuities and everything and make, you know, um, I may have to call somebody from Primerica. Maybe, you know, just go back to selling either Primerica. Somebody said you could come to their broker company. And some people are like, yo, two years, you'll be up a couple million. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, of course, people pitch the success stories. But get some clients to make millions off of. And then eventually, what I sh that's why I was saying I should call somebody from Primerica. Eventually, I could have been building my own business. 
So if I put myself at getting the own business, and it's very possible that I may reach anything in the middle of that. So I'm understanding the scale up. You got to scale it up. You know, you can't just go in because if you let that be your stars, if that's your limit, you're going to be where I am. <laughs> one of these cardboard boxes, I hope, I hope somebody leave one of these cardboard boxes behind because I'm probably going to be living in one under the Woodrow Wilson. You know, under <laughs> Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, scale up. And, you know, it, it, it can sometimes become a little haughty, I guess, as people could say, prideful. I'm going to scale up until you become what? Pinky in the brain? You know, we're going to take over. But hey, scale up. Why not? My issue was one time I scaled up, got knocked down for it. I've I discussed this before. It was an interview with Schwab. I was interviewing. I, I was on a lunch break. I, I went in my car. I'm eating a, I don't even know what I mean. I'm eating probably a kava salad or uh, if it wasn't kava, it was probably probably some sandwich. I, went, I can't imagine it being probably like some Jimmy John's or something. I can't imagine it being like a firehouse or a, or a Jersey Mike's, you know what I'm saying? Just something slight, probably like a Jimmy John's, you know, you can eat those in lunch. I'm sitting in the car and I remember that I had the interview and I'm sitting in my car, just about to take the phone call, take the phone call in my car. At the time, my uh, spouse had put this, my strange spouse had put this thing in the windshield. You could put your cell phone there and I'm sitting in the car doing this interview, man. <laughs> Seriously. So interview goes by. One of the questions I was asked was, where do you see yourself or not? Where do you see yourself? But like, what is your intentions? You know, what is your purpose for, you know, coming to Charles Schwab? Where do you see yourself? And I said, well, I mean, with, you know, you know, the time and training, I'm, I'm no, I'm not trying to say I'm an athlete. I'm not no athlete or nothing. I'm far from it. I'm sagging on them. Everybody look like a busted. What do they say? Look like a busted uh, biscuit Pillsbury can or whatever. Um, I'm kidding. Manifestation, manifestation. I look good. I look good. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm handsome. Um, I forgot even what I was talking about. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. The Charles, uh, the Charles Schwab interview. Um, I said, with you know, with energy and everything, the reason I was thinking that up because with training, with training, give me the right time and training. You know what I'm saying? You may be able to achieve a lot of stuff. So I understand that, you know, if somebody said, hey, you know, I don't know. They ask somebody, they always ask the old basketball players, J.J. Riddick, or I don't know, um, you know, you just say, you say, hey, you think you could run one with the young bulls? And they say, you know what? With, with some training, I may be able to run about maybe two quarters. You know, you spread it out, I could probably give you about two, 20 minutes. So, you know, 22 minutes, something like that, you know? So, you know, um, you know, someone would say, hey, with the right training, uh, I mean, uh, where do you see yourself with a, uh, you know, in a corporation? I say, look, man, with the right time and training, I could see myself in with the executives. I could see myself CEO. What, I mean, come on. What are you doing here? Scaled up. Man, hang up the phone, whatever. They call me back. Man. You seem like a great guy, Chan. But when you do things like that, it doesn't seem like you're smart. It's funny they use that. It's like smart, measurable, actionable, realistic. 
uh, or something like a task. It's kind of something messed up to say is that you don't seem smart. Yeah? You don't seem um, sustainable, marketable, actionable, reachable, whatever, teachable or whatever it is. Uh, I can't remember the last one. But it's like, oh, okay. No, he just asked me a question. It's like, yeah, I get you. And I, one of the, the, it was like because I was in a room with like two interviewers. The other one left. He's like, yo, I get you. Why not? What are we doing? Why do we want people to come here just to be like, but I, I said it this before. It goes back to some of those war movies. You know, you see like people and they'd be like, oh, you're a very ambitious man. You know, and s- some people talk back to the general and whatnot. And they just say, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a very ambitious man. You know, like, okay, what are you trying to do? Take the general's role? Now, seriously, when I said be CEO, I didn't look at it as like taking the general's role. I said it as with the right opportunities, the time, the training, I can I can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what the CEOs how it goes down to an extent. It's a circle. You know what I'm saying? Like when one CEO leaves, they're gonna bring in a CEO that they know from a previous project or their understudy who they've been building up for the last twenty years. That's why I gotta look at that Anglo company because the CEO that's their CEO there, Anglo-American Palladium or Platinum or something, was there like for like a bunch of years, 20 years, I'm not sure, and now it moved up. So that could be a good look. It's like, okay, now we can keep the same thing going. But, yes, with scaling up, it just kind of hit me. It just kind of hit me, and I was like, okay, this is why people scale up. So even to an extent of I'm going to make 10% in a day or 20% in a day, or 2% in a day. That's one goal. It's kind of like, just make between like 1%, 3%, you know, move on. Scale it up. Try to make 50% in the day. I, and I understand it has to be realistic or whatnot, but why do we always have to be so realistic in our thoughts and our processes? You know, why is there no opportunity? No, you got to be careful and have a strategy and a plan in order and a goal in order. But to an extent, how can you scale up if it's realistic? Now you just kind of have to say, Okay, I've always wanted to have uh, this amount for me, this amount of clients. They can bring in this amount of money. That will get me to about $13 million by the time I'm 60 or whatnot. Because I can't imagine myself being what? Having $60 million in my account? Having $100 million in my account? I can't vision that. That's not for me. That's not my story. Why not? I, had this, I remember I was at a job, and this lady told me, it was like it was our it was our mantra for the year. There was two mantras I liked. There was why not you and use your difference to make a difference. Two things I kind of struggle with. Why not me and using my difference to make a difference. For example, I've gotten invited to an event at the Ritz down in Charlotte and I walked in uh cuz the Ritz was kind of in a city area, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking it's going to be all you know types of people in there. It's in the city. Well, no, it was mainly Caucasians and Asians. And when I say Asians, I would say like South Asians. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was like, oh hell no! <laughs> you know, I was like, man, no, nah, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave these these Asians alone. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I'm gonna, you know, I was like, I'm gonna, and I was getting ready to head out, and then somebody saw me and was like, yo, Chan. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting there talking to my guy. And this other guy who knows my guy walks up 
And, you know, I'm sitting there saying, yeah, man, I'm probably about to get like one more head out or something. And like, yeah, it's kind of expensive here, right? And I was like, nah, it's not even that. And that too, but, you know, beers are like $10 and then beverages are like 30 or like a little under 30, like 25 or something. It's that too. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's like, man, these people. And I think we were also going to talk about just maybe a little, not, we weren't really going to go talk about business, but just kind of, you know, networking. I was like, none of these people want to, you know, network with me, man. And then he was another one. He said at first, random guy at the bar was just like, you know, use your difference to make a difference. Then I go to work and one of the mantras from this lady, I believe she was from, I don't know, like, I don't know, was it East or North Africa? You know what I'm saying? Um, so she said it in one of our meetings as well. It's like, yo, yeah, you know, I know it can be tough for minorities, for black people and whatnot. We know it can be tough. You know, you're in these meetings, you move up in the company. Now you're around all these Caucasians, um, which is not a problem at, as well, at all. But it's just like, you know, it can be kind of uncomfortable because, you know, our different struggles, you know, uh, different experiences in life, you know, how many times have we possibly been called a name outside of our name or how many times have we ever felt just completely dismissed or, uh, like someone's trying to sabotage us. And there's nothing to say that any culture or group you go to, it won't happen, but sometimes, you know, I, I guess you have, it's, it's all your experiences, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, that's when. Um, I heard that lady say, you know, you know, use this in your life if you have to, you know, that's what I was saying. It was like a mantra. I can't remember what year it was. It was probably like 2021. And then, uh, why not you was probably like 2020. But one thing I liked was why not you? How many times do you go to a job or you know, a party or something? And, um, we all not saying we all do it, but we all do it where, they they point us out. Hey, we should, you should lead this march. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, I was out here protesting, but bruh, you know. But sister, no, I'm out here for the cause. I'm with the people. It's like no, we want you in the front. Okay, oh gosh, I'm not me, not me, this guy. And whenever you look at that guy or that woman, you always, I, I don't know, you kind of say to yourself, I could do that. Why didn't I just step up and do it? Maybe not y'all, but I kind of do this for myself sometimes, you know, and and also even in my thinking, you know, making plans. I'm like, OK, I'm probably going to be somebody who's only going to make this much in life. Then I'll probably just wither away and transition and I'll leave things behind for the family so they can go have promiscuous activities and do a lot of chemical, you know, substances or whatever. Like, no, I'm kidding. You know, whatever this world has to offer, then gay sex or whatever. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm going to edit that one. You know, but whatever the world has going on. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to take that out. But um, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever y'all, whatever y'all going to go do with your money that uh, that I leave behind, uh, you know, just have a good time, um, you know, um, just do your thing. Uh, you know, don't worry about being judged or whatever it is. You know, have a ball. But I never say to myself, why can't I be the person in the categories of, not <laughs> Robert Smith. Ha! Huh. Oh, the Warren Buffett or the Charlie Mungers or the, 
other, I don't know, uh, Dan Schneider's, not, not saying, you know, I'm not just saying, uh, Bill Gates, like, whew, can't see myself being up there, man. But hey, why not? And I'm going to keep working on this scaling up because immediately, this is the thing. I always go back to the Barack Obama, Michelle Obama thing when I seen him on that stage. I always go back to it. Once you scale up, like in your head, this is where I'm kind of scaling up right now. Why is it that I don't have my own business uh, right now? Why is it that, you know, I can see myself going to um, a broker dealer office and it being my broker dealer office and I'm going to my office, wherever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess like, and it can be a multi-billion dollar company. Like it can be, why not me? Why not me? Why, why do I have to be the one to say, nah, you're just a customer service rep sitting next to Chad, who's over here, you know, about to take over the world and sitting over here next to Barbara or Tammy, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, Miss Barbara, how's it going? Hey, Miss Tammy, you know, hey, Miss Christy, how you doing? What's for lunch today? You know, that, that, that's why I always feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. You know, that's where I'm supposed to be. But now I'm realizing in business accounting and regulation finance, how, how do I scale this up? And how am I going to bring it in? Because I'm going to have to bring in things from different angles. I'm not going to just be able to have one thing going. I'm going to have to bring in, um, let's say this podcast pops off. And also, as I said earlier, something I'm working on, going in, going, going in on things, not just kind of. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just doing the podcast. I pick up the phone. And I just start talking. Like right now, I had a thought. I said, "Let me pull up the phone and I'll just record it." You know what I'm saying? But I'll go back and try to edit things or whatnot. Maybe I shouldn't try to edit. Just kind of let things just go authentically. You know what I'm saying? I know it mess, may mess up my, my publishing and whatnot. Uh, we'll try to work on that. Um, but. Um, Uh, you know, uh, cause you know, I want to be careful kind of things I say. I don't want to really want to offend some. Sometimes I'm just joking. Um, like that joke earlier. I feel like, oh, that was probably a bad one. I probably shouldn't have did that. Uh, but yeah, when you scale up, it's in your head. That's where it starts first. And then you can go execute. So again, saying how I'm working on the podcast, the conversation I'm having, going back and, um, cleaning up some of the, more so, I'll try to clean up the words and the word descriptions. I'll go in and listen to the episodes, see if there's anything I can cancel out. I'm not going to try to cancel out so many of the words because I feel like that's when it's going to start becoming unauthentic. And then I don't really want to go into that. So, But I may just cancel out areas where there's just a lot of like no noise or unless there's something like dramatic um, that I need to just take out. Like, you know, make sure I'm not committing like no slander or defamation or anything. Uh, but yeah. Scaling up, it just hit me. It just said, scale it up. See yourself there. Manifest it. That's what I'm working on. I am going to be the CEO or owner. I'll be the owner of a broker-dealer company. Um, I will be able to retire uh, when I'm ready. Uh, I will be able to... Um, that's the difference. I'll be able to retire when I'm ready compared to... 
will I be able to make retirement? <laughs> like that's what, that's where I'm. Will I be able to? <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna be able to retire when I when I'm ready. When it's time to say, hot spaghetti is ready. I'm ready to retire, Betty. You know, <laughs> like ah, uh, what happened, man? I just I I think I'm losing it, Betty. Think I'm losing it. My feet hurt. My back hurt. And this time I had a brain fart at the job. Think it's just time to go ahead and put the cleats up. You know, compared to, huh, honey? <laughs> On your 60th birthday, that shit starts kicking in. Reality is kicking in. You know, that's the thing I got to change my mindset because I'm there. I'm like, Shit, I'm 36 now. I'm not even going to be able to make retirement. I'm going to be working for the rest of my life. Trying to pay off a house. Trying to pay off a car. You know, but that's not going to happen. That's not what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? That's not what it's going to be. I'm going to be able to retire when I'm ready. I'm going to be able to send my children through whatever journey that they want to go through in life. Right now, it's college. It could be a small business. It could be marriage. It could be traveling, whatever it is their destiny is. I'll invest a certain percentage of my income to their nonsense. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whatever dream they have, you know, whatever it is that they want to achieve. And I will also, if I can achieve my goals, I'll be able to talk to them and they won't listen about how to upscale. Upscale. You want to travel the world? Why not space? Be Elon Musk. (laughs) Beat them or... Or whatever it is. Let's do galactic. Galactic traveling. You know, but not even just that. But just scaling it up. You know what I'm saying? Um, In order, seriously, if you've aimed for the stars, you might land on the moon. And seriously, that's the brain. where, Where if your stars is, man, I'm just trying to get a job. Man, I'm just trying to get a job. You know? Then what's going to happen? You're going to get the job. You're going to get terminated. Because that, that was your stars and your moon. Now you say, I'm going to get a job. And I'm going to become uh, an entrepreneur. You know, and my company is going to become. If you want. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. What a lot of people tend to think when you sit on one side of the chair. Or on one side of the table. And you say, I'm going to scale up. That doesn't mean that. If somebody's saying, man, I'm content, that I got a problem with that. No. Man, if you're content, be content because that's something special. You know what I realized? I have an issue with being in the present. Some people are just like, hey, this is what it is. This is what we're doing today. We're chilling. We're cool. That's not where my brain goes. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, my brain is probably already in January of 2024 at, at least. Probably March 2024. That's where my brain is. Where am I going to be there? You know what I'm saying? Um, December 2023. Uh, And then also, it's in the past. Two years. I got a... My brain is a straddle. All right. I know. That's terrible. That's bad. That was horrible. Yes, but my brain is a straddle. It's really... it's, It's in two different places. It's three, four years ago when I can hear my spouse say something... And now it's just coming back to my brain like, oh, that's when she started. She started dropping hints. She started dropping clues. Wow. You know, and then my brain is in the future. 
okay, so this happened. What are we going to do next? How are we going to be T.I., rubber band man, wild as a Taliban, whatever it is, you know? How are we going to be rubber band man, you know? But as far as being in the moment, it can be tough for me. Hey, do you want to, hey, dad, do you want to sit down and look at this, these Roblox with me? Ah, son, I'm sorry. I don't have time for your childish games right now. So, no, I'm kidding. Sometimes I will sit down there. Uh, the other day, uh, not the other day, it was about a week or two ago, uh, my, my, uh, a bunch has been going on. Um, sat down, played this game, you know, just, it was some, it was a game for like, you know, little kids, like little kids. Just sat there, played it for like two hours, kind of dozed off playing it. You know what I'm saying? And it was a good time, and it was fun. It was on the tablet. can't remember, when I, when I find out what it is, I'll be sure to tell y'all. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be working on, scaling up, so in order that I can take things to another level where my brain is supposed to be, where my brain wants to be, where my body wants to be, where my soul wants to be. And then all that really matters is, where does God want me to be? You know what I'm saying? And how does God want me to help people out? So that's how it leads. But then, you know, because for a long time, it's been a lot of ceilings, a lot of ceilings. Now it's a great opportunity um, to try to see if I can, where my brain has always wanted to go. But like, you know how when they say positive words are reinforcement, if you go to your plants and you speak positive, you could get two of the same plants, feed them the same food, same water. But if you go to that one plant and you speak positive to it and you go to another plant and speak negative to it, the negative plant will start dying. You know, so the positive reinforcement is is the words are the things that are that are very serious. Uh, I forgot what I was just about to say. Um, but essentially, that was it. That was the gist. Um, let me see. Oh, that when you go to organizations, so many times, you've kind of always been spoken to negatively. Not you, me included, us. Not everyone, but me. I've experienced it. You just you get talked negatively. You know what I'm saying? You're not ready. This opportunity is not yours. Uh, no, we don't think you can take that training or that take that class. Uh, right now, you need to focus on your job, and you get talked negative to, negative to, negatively to, negatively to, and to an extent, you start kind of believing it. You start to, to an extent. Some people would probably say, COVID, con- contrary to everything else that went on, was probably one of the best things that happened in their life. Because what kind of happened then? That I'm kind of going through now, which actually when when COVID happened, when I was working, we our remote work was in it. We were fraud prevention. Prevention. We can't be out that long, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, so we had to hop right into it. But people during COVID it was like, yo, besides everything that happened, you know, everybody lost somebody. You know what I'm saying? Um, besides everything that happened, COVID was probably one of the best things that happened to me because it opened your brain. We were too stuck in the commutes, you know, the appointments, the meetings, the extracurricular activities. When COVID happened, people were sitting around waiting for the remote policies to get instilled. So they're waiting on their laptops. They're waiting on the policies. And this took months. The first couple months, people were it was OK. Everybody just take three months off. Uh, we'll see you on three months. A lot of people got that, you know, but everybody didn't get that. So then it got into, okay, we need to start instilling uh, remote work policies. 
So some companies said, okay, we'll give you all three more months. Some companies already started getting pumping. So in those three to six months where people were able to sit around there and get paid, this was a huge difference, and get paid, realized for a second possibly what they were doing with their life. Sitting around getting paid this much in their life. Like, what, am, like, what are we doing? No, I'm not saying that everybody thought that. Some people probably were just like, man, I'm chilling, enjoying these potato chips and watching TV. Just, I'm good. I'm content. There's nothing wrong with being content at all. If you're content, you're content. And that's where we're all, that's where we're trying to be, you know, content. Um, but on the other end, some people's brains opened up. This is what I've been doing with my life. One, what happened? They've been chilling with their fam now. You know, some people I know, there was a lot of divorce during COVID. I even think I'm I'm kind of a victim of COVID. And uh, mine's just didn't happen during COVID. Mine's happened post-COVID. So, But I think the effects uh, were really probably affected during COVID. Um, but, yeah, I know there was a lot of divorce. But for some other people, they probably were saying to themselves, two, one thing, two things. I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to start this business. So that's what they were thinking. You know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they're probably saying, man, I'm really enjoying spending this time with my family. Not everybody. I'm really enjoying spending my time with this with my family. Um, my family's here. Uh, we're doing things together. Uh, what What is it that I'm, I'm getting up, getting dressed, not spending no time with my family, not my house is dirty, my car is dirty, my life is dirty, and I'm getting paid whatever it is, $1,100 every two weeks, $1,800 every two weeks. And then the laptop came in. And then what happened? You hopped right back into it. People said, nah. People said two things. I'm either going to pick up another job because I need to get where I need to get to. So I got one job that is paying the bills. And I got a, you, you know how you're supposed to be in your bills. One paycheck covers. This is what I mean, scaling up, scaling up. I'm going to get two jobs. One job is going to cover the bills. And the second job, whole other job is going to just be my savings. So you got two whole jobs. You're doing ridiculous. You're getting that bread. But... Other people didn't really go down that angle. Some people said, I'm just going to go ahead and start a small business. I'm going to get a STEMI from, you know, Money Joe Bags Biden. And then I'm going to go ahead and take that STEMI. I'm going to start a business. Starting the business costs $300. I'm going to go ahead and start it. Um, We're going to start getting it pumping. I I got a few more weeks of this job. I've always wanted to start this, whatever, hair company, nail company, whatever it is. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So then they started picking up their laptop, their personal laptop, and started typing in it. And just saying, you know what? Where do we begin? Someone told me, start, where does a baby begin? They start with their first breath. Just go for the first breath. For example, myself, you want to start a broker-dealer company? What's the first breath? Find it and get started. And, uh, and am I going to choke on my spit during the way? you know, it's going to happen. Am I going to get dropped on my head during the way? Hey, what's up? What's going on up there? You know, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen, but got to scale up and also got to start with the first breath and get this shit figured out. So I'm going to go ahead and stop there. been talking for about 35 minutes. Uh, I want to say thank you to anybody and everybody who decided to stop by Kicking With Your Mans. I appreciate it. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Bar. Introducing the Listener Support Program. 
feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, um, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that. Uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research, and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful inter- Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us in shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter. And choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast. And become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com.
Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless.